And Bruce Perry is on the line with us this morning, um, racing and bloodstock manager, and does a hell of a job identifying these horses. Cruise Missile and Andalus are the ones I'm talking about. Bruce, good morning to you. Thanks for taking our call. Morning, Bruce. Hey, um, it might be wide in the market, but it's still no mean feat to get two horses into a derby, and, and you would know that. Is it is it something that you guys and, and Lib do cherish having runners representing in a derby? Oh, absolutely! It's you know it's probably the flagship race of New Zealand racing. Um, you know, and this year it's a, a wonderful field. Uh, obviously, smart. Oop, might have just lost. Bruce there, he might just be cutting in and out. Joe, we'll just get you to fix up that line. Um, it is, it's not an easy feat to do, Mick. It's, yeah, there's a lot of horses in it, but it takes a lot to get a derby runner, doesn't it? Well, remarkably, um, Bruce and Lib have bought a lot of Savabils, and the Savabils they've bought, their record is nothing short of staggering. We're going to try and get Bruce back here, but um, when you do rejoin us, Bruce, if you can hear us, I, I think you've had about 10 black type Savabil performers or was that number growing since we last spoke obviously cruise missile uh, is by Savabil he's a stallion you've had a remarkable amount of success with yeah morning Mick can you hear me now sure can brother got you mate yep nah, yeah good hey no we have I think it's probably I think it's actually north of 10 uh, counting the Colts and Gildings but no he's been wonderful wonderful for Lib um, wonderful for me personally as well so no it's great and Hopefully today we might get a little bit more black type somehow. Bruce, for those who don't know, Lib obviously lives uh, in the Wellington region and he's a, he's a guy who's done very well in business. He's a person who, who doesn't carry on and he's not a flamboyant person when it comes to his expenditure in the, the industry. But uh, he's a hell of a big player, Bruce. He's now got Elsden Park um, up there uh, in the north and selling yearlings, buying horses he buys in Sydney, he breeds a lot of horses. How many horses, I'm not sure if you're allowed to tell us this, but how many horses would Lib have good size shares in or just own outright, or do you not even know the answer to that? Um, look, there's probably getting up close to 45, 50 broodmares that he owns outright or got shares in. Um, race the racing team at the moment's probably somewhere between twenty and thirty odd. Um, some of those, or well, a number of them outright, most of them, uh, but also a number of them uh, got shares in as well. And it's actually probably a little bit more of that with, um, with some of the small partnerships that we're involved in. Um, and then you got your yearlings coming up, handful of yearlings that sort of been retained. Um, that you know didn't get to the sales for whatever reason. So no, it's a it's a good size number. I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Lib in the last couple of years, and he's a, a true gentleman and a very likable person. But who stays in, on top of all this? For example, say you have three trialing, and you've got a couple having a bit of a prep going somewhere, and trainers reporting. Do you ring Lib and say? this is what we've got going, or is he more hands-on? Does he ring the trainers? Because when you've got that sort of numbers and mares folding down and making decisions on who's going to go where, it sounds like a full-time job. Um, Libs, to be fair, Libs, I mean, as you say, you know Lib pretty well. He doesn't miss much. He's he's on top of most things. Um, I probably have more direct contact with perhaps the, the trainers and the breakers and that type of thing, but now that we've got Kerry... Uh, Kerry Cox uh, running Elston Park for him. Um, you know she's doing a wonderful job, and she's got a, you know, a great team around her. So, 
it's you know the workload's certainly been spread now, uh, and I'm making use of everyone's strengths, which is great. Bruce, people that know you know that you're an excellent judge and you've got a fantastic reputation for our uh, listeners and for myself. Can you just give us your 101 of when you look at a yearling and, and you think Derby, what is it about a horse or a, an, an immature, a juvenile horse that screams Derby? Because there's obviously lots of different distances and, and some you just go, well, there's no chance and you wouldn't even buy it with that sort of um, idea in mind. But... Today, cruise missile and uh, and the loose find themselves in those colours. As I said, what was it, and what did you identify that said, you know, three-year-old stayer? Uh, cruise missile. He was he was quite a leggy horse um, on breeding. You probably wouldn't pick him on the dam side. He's out of a centaine mare, out of a zephyr bay mare, I think. Um, so probably not exactly the ideal sort of bloodlines to win a derby. But he's got such, you know, at the yearling sales he. He had a lovely temperament, so he knew that he was going to be a relaxed horse. He was always, always going to take time. Uh, and loose, he was probably perhaps just more as a guineas horse. Um, but once again, he was pretty relaxed. He was actually too relaxed, so he had to be gilded. Uh, try and switch him on. He had so much ability. Um, but again, both horses are very good moving horses. Um, they're athletic. But, you know, good heads on them, good eyes, and no, they just they look genuine horses. So hopefully, hopefully, I've got the recipe right for today. Bruce, I, I asked you a couple of years ago, I said, um, what do you look for in a horse? And I, I know there's lots of things you look for. Obviously, you want them to be correct and you want them, as you said, to have a good temperament. But I'm not going to tell you what you said to me. But I want to see if it's the, still the thing that resonates and runs true with you the most. I said, what do you look for on a horse? So if I tried to say that to you and sum it up in one thing, what's the one thing you look for on a horse? Uh, probably movement, I think, at the end of the day. But also presence. You, you've got to... good horses, for whatever reason, they just seem to... They do have a presence about them. They have a great eye, great head. Um, you know, the great nostril of that. Yeah, just that genuineness about them. Well, Louis, I'll tell you what, what Bruce said to me at the sales. I said, um, I said what, so we sat there and he said, oh, oh, I thought this would be good. He's going to say something wise here. He said, they've got to look fast. <laughs> and and but, but, but you know what? It stuck with me more than anything I've been told. I don't understand the legs and that of them as much as these guys do. But if they don't look fast, they're probably not going to be fast. And is that something you see when you talk about movement, Bruce? Because I suppose if they're that clunky sort of individual, if they don't really look fast, they don't tend to turn out to be fast. No, it's probably no different than humans or anyone, really. I mean, it's, you look for an athlete, and they do have to look fast. And to be fair, some horses just, well, I suppose a lot of horses don't look fast. They may end up being very good horses, but, uh, um, you know, you're paying, you're playing a risk game then, and you're probably odds of, Picking a good horse are going to uh, diminish if you, you know, well, they do for me if I buy that type of horse. I just try and buy an athlete, something you envisage is going to look good in the parade ring and run accordingly. One of the absolute races of the day, either here or in Australia, is the 
vertical logistics move faster stakes, I believe. I think this is a ripper, and I think there's plenty of form lines you can try and match up here. And yes, Maven Bell deserves to be the favourite because she's competed against the older horses and competed well, but there are probably five or six you can make a case for. And Luella Christina is two from two, and she is beautiful and beautifully bred. Tell us about this filly and what ambitions you and Lib might have for her. Um, she's, well, we're, we're hoping she's going to be a black type filly. Uh, whether today's the day, I'm not sure. She, unfortunately, she's drawn 13 out of 13 against some very smart horses, so you know, that's a pretty big hurdle. But one thing we do know with her is she's got a massive heart and she's tough. Her mother was tough. This, this one's tough too. Hey, Bruce, and- I, I just thought about something there which I've never thought to ask you. Um, she's obviously worth a stack of money. Like she's she's yeah. obviously out of a great mare. When you have this many horses, do you insure them all? Because I mean, I'm, I'm hoping nothing bad ever happens to her. I hope she lives till she's thirty. But when you have that many horses, it must be hard to do. Do you insure some of them? Do you not insure other ones of them? Probably um, early on, we probably insure the ones that are irreplaceable. So you know, I, I take it she's like- one of those. She is one of those, yep. So, you know, you can't... If something was unfortunately happened to her, um, you know, you just can't go out and replace them. So, you know, we, we don't insure them for their full amount, or Lib doesn't, um, but, he, you know, you'll put a number on it that allows, allows them perhaps to go and buy another nice uh, filly for, say, three or $400,000 um, from a pedigree like that. You know, hopefully one day it'll be a worthy replacement. Uh, but we certainly don't uh, ensure the majority of the horses at all. It's a good question, Mick. It's a very good question. All right, Bruce, we'll let you crack on with your morning. Really appreciate cool. you joining us this morning. Um, just, uh, just, just one question qu- One question for you, Bruce. How do you watch a derby? Do you go to the track? Do you watch it at home? I mean, you're a pro. You've done this for a long time. Do you get excited? Do you jump up and down? What, what's the Bruce Perry watching a derby scenario? Uh, today, Anna and I, we're going to we'll be at Tarapa. Uh, I was at Melbourne earlier this week, so um, I sort of finished up my jobs here at the Yelling Sale so I could get back to watch it. I happened to be there when Crown Prosecutor won the derby at 100 to 1, and I wasn't going to miss that opportunity again. And so today, while they're both long odds, he's won it at 100 to 1, and these are about half that, so I suppose they've got to be twice, twice as good a chance. So I'll be <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. I absolutely love that philosophy, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. All the best. Go enjoy it. Hey, all the best today. Have a good day. There you go, Bruce Perry. Uh, he is a fantastic judge and a good character in racing. I uh, love racing.nz. You're home for thoroughbred racing. Uh, enormously respected. Reviews, please. Enormously reviews. respected, Louis. When you go around the sales circuit, enormously respected is Bruce um, you know, by people who know what they're talking about.